This is PR is not a verb by the Impact Agency, your PR and communications insights podcast. Hi, welcome to the Impact Podcast. I'm Nicole Webb, the CEO of the Impact Agency, and with me for 2023 is Francis Dwyer, my general manager. Hi, Fry. Hello, how are you? Good. We're not allowed to say Happy New Year, are we? Because it's a little bit late. Not now. really. I mean, it's probably yeah. even a stretch for Lunar New Year to say Happy New Year at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, January was a bit of a blur, wasn't it? We all kind of took advantage of the wonderful weather and um, took some extended leave that we haven't had be able been able to have because of COVID. So really our year probably, yours and my year probably started on the 1st of February anyway. So Happy <laughs> New Year to you. <laughs> Yeah, it was really nice to enjoy a restriction-free summer, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, it, was, it was really nice and the weather was lovely too. So we were, we were extremely lucky this year. Hey, um, we just wanted to have a quick chat. We're going to change things up a little bit with our podcast uh, this year. But the first podcast, we're going to just have a bit of a chat about the um, big communications themes that we think are going to be watch outs for, for this year. Um, one of the things that uh, you put on the list was ESG. So um, around embedding sustainability in everything that we do. Do you, do you want to have a bit of a chat about, about yeah. that particular topic? Yeah. So as you said, we think that there's some big themes and influences that are going to um, define, I guess, the areas of focus either chosen or forced um, this year in in Marcoms. And one of those is around the acronym ESG, which is not very catchy, um, but is essentially encompassing um, environment, social and governance responsibilities of organisations. So it maybe previously might have been identifiable to some people as sustainability as a bit of a catch-all phrase. Uh, Once upon a time, CSR was an element of this. There's been a few acronyms in and around this this area. Um, but any major corporation, um, certainly anyone who is listed, has to have um, an ESG strategy. They have to have uh, plans, policies, measures, metrics in place. Uh, and recent legislation in Australia means that um, it is now not just voluntary, that there's an expectation. It's certainly come from shareholder activism. Um, and, you know, we hate to admit this, but we are so far behind the EU and even the US uh, in this particular area. Some would say perhaps relating to an absence of um, policy, like government policy for uh, a period of time. But essentially where we find ourselves now is the progressive organisations who chose to move into this space and actively adopt initiatives and policies and voluntary reporting um, are now being accompanied by those who have to do those things as well, uh, which has opened up a whole new big opportunity for communications professionals, particularly those who have worked on the corporate side of comms and perhaps have had a very connected connected role with the executive or C-suite um, who have sat at that, you know, we've often been, we've often talked in our industry about having a seat at the table in the organisations yeah. where communications is considered in the same realm as finance and operations, et cetera, you're more likely to see responsibility um, in this area of ESG. 
But I think what is interesting and certainly what we're focusing on uh, as a business, because we do work in this area for a few of our clients, is that there seems to be a little bit of a race to like have a sustainability practice or name a sustainability head in your agency. Um, and it could, could potentially end up being dangerous uh, for our industry if that's not accompanied by the rigor of legal and regulatory counsel, uh, if it's not accompanied by um, the do then tell approach that we often preach mm -hmm. in our podcast and in yeah. our day-to-day -day yeah. lives. So for us, our approach is very much about um, embedding sustainability in our agency first, being transparent about how we operate, what our commitments are, and having independent reporting on those metrics. That's We're kicking that off this year. Um, and we seek to then uh, work with a number of our clients who want that visibility across the supply chain about sustainability and commitments to um, ESG principles. So, yeah, definitely one to watch this year. I could listen to your voice all day. <laughs> Person When personal and professional passion meet, <laughs> it equals ESG. <laughs> it, is. it does. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to um, rolling out our statement of intent and um, sharing what we're doing internally with with um, with our clients. Um, yeah, it's going to be a really exciting year as far as I'm concerned around that ESG model that we're developing. Mm. Uh, one of the other things that we talked about, and we had the most amazing meeting yesterday with our behaviour specialist Chris White about macro trends in behavioural insights and behavioural principles. And one of the things he talked about yesterday was around messengers. Now, we've spoken in the past about influencers versus content creators. Everybody seems to have bucketed um, influencers. Bucketed? Can you bucket, bucket somebody? <laughs> Is that a word? Categorised. Um, influencers into, into one bucket and, and called them influencers. But as we've seen, influencers can be um, like a sporting star mm. or um, a key opinion a, leader. Key opinion leader or a, a B grade. Um, math star. <laughs> can I say? Can I say? Yep. <laughs> whatever. Yep. Yeah, whatever, whatever. So. But, you know, we're, we're starting to call them more content creators. But what was interesting in the conversation that we had with Chris yesterday was around what type of messenger and are they the right messenger for your brand? And he spoke about um, hard mess hard messengers versus, versus soft messengers. And what really resonated with us, didn't it, Fry? Yeah, because I think that um, what I like about this is maybe there's been a little bit too much focus on the celebrity factor or the the you know recognizability if even is that even a word it's lots of syllables um, I, like, of a, I like that word <laughs> of, of a particular <laughs> person that exists in social media and that you know if you look at it from a really um simplistic perspective you know will this person have influence the way that we tend to do it is we consider who is our target audience who is the client and who um, most aligns with us who who reaches our target audience who resonates with them which is i think the same way we used to decide what brand ambassador to work with or what partnerships to pursue so what i like about the concept of considering it from a messenger perspective is who is best placed to be the messenger for your brand? And then you worry more about that 
And then if, are they a content creator? Are they a celebrity? Are they another brand that you want to collaborate with? So thinking about messengers. But the interesting part from a behavioural perspective, to your point about hard versus soft, is there isn't one type of messenger that is going to be perfect for all target audiences. So many of our um, colleagues within the Marcoms industry would have heard of authority bias and this very famous bias um, or, or principle of behavioural economics around we that we naturally... Um, value the opinions of experts over um, average people. However, the concept of authority bias has morphed and changed over time with new research and new studies, basically saying that authority is in the eye of the beholder. So who we deem to be someone of credible influence in a particular area, we position them as an authority in our brain and we rely on their opinion. So hard and soft messengers is a nicer way to consider it. You know, is our audience um, going to be more interested in um, whether or not the hard messenger has elevated status, um, you know, credibility in their industry? Do they hold, um, you know, a high profile position? Have they made a lot of money? Do they possess a lot of power? You know, those sort of dominant, hard, traditional elements of what makes someone an authority. Um, like a CEO of a company, for example. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. then, you know, Elon Musk is a CEO. So does everybody <laughs> trust him? Maybe not. Does everyone believe what he has to say? Some do. Share prices move when he talks, but others are like, no, thank you. So for the people who aren't as interested in like whether or not you're a CEO, they might be more interested in, um, you know, are you vulnerable? Do you speak truth to me? Do you share things about your life that resonate with the things that are important to me? Do you, um, are you giving, you know, are you someone who gives back to community and, and those qualities therefore I'm attracted to you. And, and I think the other high profile person I thought of when Chris was explaining this was Brene Brown and, you know, mm -hmm. her entire existence as um, a high profile person was built off that vulnerability Ted talk many, many years ago. Um, so, you know, she might be venturing into the world of hard messenger in terms of profile, but ultimately she still comes at it with charisma, vulnerability, et cetera. So this is an area that we will be talking to clients about. We expect that more within our industry we'll be talking about messengers or perhaps um, who's best placed to deliver a message rather than worrying about labels of whether someone's an influencer or a content creator. Um, yeah, and that's probably the other key theme that we're going to see and that'll, that'll be agnostic to corporate, consumer and everything in between. Yeah, it's really exciting, isn't it? Mm. I, um, I really love the idea of a hard um, messenger and a soft messenger, I think. Um, it's just going to explain a lot to people when we go back to them with um, with who we're going to be targeting. Mm. Uh, one of the other things that we spoke about recently too is, is how important um, culture and context are going to be and continue to be, I should say, in 2023. Um, the financial stress at the moment um, is top of mind for a lot of consumers. We know that there's they're struggling with the new interest, the high, higher interest rates. Um, and high rental high, rates as a result. High, oh, it's Low just, vacancy um, rates, housing, uh, energy prices, cost of living, inflation. There's definitely a lot of financial pressures 
um, which are going to change the mindset. Na and naturally, just uh, interestingly, I was watching um, Q&A this week and one of the people who asked a question said, everyone I know is asking for extra casual shifts um, and seeing, you know, which activities, you know, their kids' sports um, or new shoes, like just all those basic, and you know, making ends meet week to week, paycheck to paycheck. We know a lot of Australians live like that already. Um, so it's going to be yeah, a very challenging year across the spectrum with all of those additional pressures on household budgets. Absolutely. And and one other factor that continues is um, well-being of, I mean, I guess that plays back into what we were just talking about as well. The financial stress is going to affect people's well-being and and, um, and their mental health. And we know that there's a, a big mental health focus coming out of government this year um, and businesses are very much um, focusing on it for their for their employees too. Mm. And on um, that one supply too, chain? I was just yeah. going to add on the no. mental health front. What I find really interesting about that is previously it's been seen as a health or well-being issue like exclusively, like it sits in a lane. But what's emerging is stories about its impact on um, how long people are staying in careers or jobs and particular sectors that are susceptible to people dropping out of those sectors and continuing skills crises that are occurring across sectors, um, such as nurses, for example. You know, you can only imagine what the average nurse has gone through in the last three, four years um, through through the pandemic, bushfires, floods, et cetera. Um, many have PTSD, uh, many are, you know, um, burnt out uh, and, and care sector is similar. So I think that we're going to see um, multi-layered solutions and multi-layered approaches to supporting people in mental health, not just for their personal well-being, but without sounding cynical from, from economic um, purposes as well. Bring it on, I say. Um, in New South Wales, we've got an election this this year as well. I, is it March? It's uh, next weekend. March, I mean. <laughs> we've got an election next weekend. Uh -huh. <laughs> Do we? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Is it a next weekend? No, I thought it was in March. Oh, is it? You know what it is? I, I do this every year. The dates are the same in February and March for the days of the week. <laughs> oh, they are. Yeah. I've done this three times this month already. I went to go to something and it was not until next month. <laughs> you think after 40 something years on earth. Anyway. All right. Sorry. For those people listening, the New South Wales elect election is on Saturday, the 25th of March. Yeah. I just Googled it. So that's all good. Not the do 25th not go of February, the 25th of March. Do not, do not <laughs> Damn, go and vote that's this a month. long time to wait for my democracy sausage. <laughs> oh, it's a long time to wait to, you know, all the bickering that's going to be going on in, uh, the, yes. in Parliament as well. But uh, all right, so we've got that. But also, and more importantly, we've got the voice referendum coming um, up this year. We, we're not too sure when that's going to be, but we know that it's going to be this year. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess... Most people, I mean, most people recent memory would remember the plebiscite, which is probably the closest comparable, you know, kind of activity at a federal level in terms of the nation um, having an opinion on something that isn't, um, that relates to people's lives, <laughs> uh, but isn't about, you know, whether or not we back 
a certain health policy, but, you know, relates to the way that people live um, and their rights um, and access. But what I'm a bit slightly terrified about is that that got really ugly and I mm. think that we're going to have a kind of bumpy road this year in terms of left, right, up, down, in between, um, ha having an opinion and not necessarily enough of the people getting the voice space, ironically, um, who have skin in this game, which is our First Nations Australians. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit nervous about how ugly some of that um, rhetoric is going to be. And I think it is always easier to say no to something <laughs> as a default position, which scares me a bit. Just, you know, you think the psychology of like, there's nothing wrong with the way it is, like, it's fine or being scared of the way that something's going to be brought in. And there's arguments about, is it more specific enough? Is it too general? And it's like, how about we just do it and then we refine the details later? So yeah, it's going to be, um, it's going to be a big area of focus in, in the national narrative this year. It certainly will. Um, and the reason why we're talking about all this, of course, is, is the, the culture and context and just making sure that people understand when you put a campaign together it's not um it's not as cut and dry as um just going live with your campaign you need to really understand read the room what is look around yeah, read, <laughs> read the room sunshine <laughs> absolutely you have to read the room and that um, is important for it, all elements of marcom's right like read yeah. read the room test the temperature understand the cultural context of course but most importantly when it comes to PR, because you are having conversations with people. You're not yelling at them. You're not dressing up and parading in front of them. You're having a conversation. So if you wouldn't be willing to have that conversation at the backyard barbecue, then you probably shouldn't be having it in your PR campaign. One of the other themes that we had on our list to talk about today was around AI and the explosion of chat uh, GTP. GPT. Uh, <laughs> no GPT. One, what did yeah. I say? No one ever. Well, I said it right, didn't I? You said GTP. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Oh, I, I wrote <laughs> it, it down as GTP. <laughs> it needs to yeah, give itself a new brand. Name. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should well, write chat. that in. Chat GPT. If you could give yourself GPT. a new name, what would it be? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should do that. That'd be great. Um, Haley, our content director, wrote a awesome piece um for our newsletter last week that's now um we've shared it on linkedin and it's on our website if anybody wants to go and read it but it was a really good piece to say calm down <laughs> it's everything is okay you, when our jobs you're my job your job my job leah's job is not going to be taken over by ai and um but it's a really good tool for us to use in terms of um you know, just getting some getting some basic information. It's a bit like Googling, really, isn't yeah, it? It's like oh, let's, mm. better than Google. So because yeah, it gives you, know, you answers, a quick not search links. engine. <laughs> yeah, exactly, mm, mm. exactly. So, um, I, you know, I'm not scared of it. Fry, you're not scared of no, it. No, I think that that while the world went wild, especially the content world went, ah, what's going to happen? I think that where we mostly landed was, um, it's not going to take our jobs, but people who know how to use it and use their human skills probably will take our jobs. So get to know it, 
figure out what role it can play in the mix of where you use tech and where you use people. Um, and then, yeah, just like any tech, let it support you. Get on the bus. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Get on the bus. And look at that. We're getting the wrap, the wrap up from Leah. That's um, that's the Impact podcast for today. And I'm Nicole Webb, the CEO of the Impact Agency. And I'm the general Francis, manager, Francis Dwyer. General manager, <laughs> Francis Dwyer. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, we look forward to bringing you um, some new information in the near future. Absolutely. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. For more VR insights or to get in touch, head to impactagency.com.au.